Welcome back for another episode of Collective Constellations. This is episode number 10, and today I have on a woman who has been an increasingly dear sister in my life, and she is an amazing woman in her own right with her creations and passions and wisdom, and I'm really excited for you all to meet her today in this space and to go on this constellation with us. Her name is Valia, and today we're going to be exploring The name of the topic is Intimacy by Design because Valia and I both are passionate enthusiasts about human design and we're coming together to speak about intimacy and relating and dating and dynamics, utilizing the tools of human design. So Valia, welcome. Thank you so much. So great to be here. Beautiful. And I always love to kick off these episodes to give our listeners a bit of an insight into you. So would you like to share with us your big three? So your sun, moon, and rising. (laughs) Yes. So Leo's sun was born on the lion's gate, actually. Um, So Leo's sun, Scorpio moon, and Aquarius rising. And what's your human design type and profile? I'm a four six self-projected projector. So I only have one channel. Eight one is my only channel. So single definition, lots of openness. Sounds full power. Full power, unique and creative. Thank you. <laughs> a lot of expression, a lot of my voice. Yeah. Yeah. Well with that um G Center authority too, which is something we'll be exploring in this episode today. Um, yeah. But I really want to start off with asking you this question because Valia and I, we've actually deeply gone on these conversations in our own personal timing. So we're kind of opening the door, opening the, the, we're pulling back the curtain on conversations we've already been having and going deeper with you all. When it comes to human design, um, you know, you know a lot about the types, you know a lot about the authorities and with your experience in the realm of dating and relationships, would you say that there has been a favorite human design type for you to date? Totally. (laughs) I kind of have two types that I tend to gravitate toward. I love dating other projectors because it feels so easy. I love feeling seen. It's like we can do for each other what we do for others. Um, But I also tend to gravitate toward manifesting generators. It's one or the other. <laughs> it's like when I'm meeting that juice, Manny Gen energy feels like so good. And there's something about the pace that they move that is so inspiring to me. Um, I wish I could be a Manny Gen. It's like inside I have that kind of, I wish that I could move as quickly as they do. And I find that I can really hop in. Um, I have the, the gate 10. So if they have that channel of charisma, I can just hop right in that energy. Um, so I, I really like that electromagnetic and um, yeah it's it's funny even looking back before I knew human design I tend to look back at other people's charts and it was always projectors and many gems typically so those are my, my yeah I'm curious because they're such like uh, different types right <laughs> <laughs> um, and for those of you who are kind of new to human design listening 
if someone's a many gen, they're um, a generator with manifesting qualities. So they can move fast. They can be super efficient, very inspired, very, very powerful um, in how they move in the world. And projectors are more like the, you know, how would you describe a projector, Flavia? Well, projectors need to wait for the invitation. So we, our energy is so piercing and penetrative. And I find that it can be really beautiful for a generator, many gen or generator to be seen and just reflected back to by a projector. Um, there's something about how different we are that feels a little bit like yin and yang. And so it can be um, just a really nice dynamic and like the projector doesn't have sustainable energy all the time. So we kind of need the juice of other people to really get things done and to be motivated. And then the mani-gen kind of needs a little bit of direction sometimes because it's like almost like they have so much energy they don't know what to do with it. So it can be really beautiful to have the projector be the one who's guiding and then the mani-gen brings the, the life force energy and the juice. Yeah, where it's when it's projector and projector, it's more of like a, would you say, a sense of companionship? Yeah, and kind of like not a lot gets done, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's like, we'll just sit and have really deep talks all the time and go so deep and, and just see each other fully, but not necessarily a lot can get off the ground that I've found. Um, but it feels so good and deeply nourishing, I think, to not have the pressure of the sacral motor, you know, because the, the pressure is going to feel different on different people depending on your own conditioning. So every projector is going to have different experience of a generator based on, you know, the way we were raised and how we live our design. Totally. I think it's really important to, I'm re it's really important you said that because every experience will be slightly different and it's not stock standard, but I think there are certain energy dynamics that can play out. Um, yeah. I'm really curious if you noticed which one had more longevity. Did you feel like... Oh. <laughs> projectors 100 <laughs> percent manny jen it often is like fast and furious and beautiful and then like burns out real quick <laughs> but it's really fun it's a fun journey until you know it's it's not necessarily super sustainable to me and i think this can be very subjective in the human design community because Ra said we're here to be with our own type so i think that makes sense in theory, but I also believe with the right awareness, we can of course make anything happen. But the question for me is always, what's going to not push you into conditioning? As a projector, what's not going to pressure you? And then that's probably the thing you wanna do. Yes, absolutely. And that's where it's like, cause right, the, I believe whenever, whenever we get to the place where we're right, looking to date or relate or enter that field, I think, the prerequisite is how is your dating with yourself going? You know, like, how are you loving on yourself? And I think that that's like a form of loving on ourselves is before we even enter relationship with someone being like, is the way that I'm showing up in this relationship with this person actually supporting my primary relationship, which is my relationship with myself. Yeah. So I really like that. And I think it can work. Maybe there's some generators who really love being with projectors or projectors who love being with generators, but then maybe generators really thrive with generators. It's like, what's best going to support that relationship to yourself? And like you say, not pull you into conditioning or keep you in your conditioning. Um, yeah, I really love that and resonate with that. I think that's powerful. And it's funny when you're talking about how Ra says we should date 
within our type I'm like yeah but what about like Darwinism like evolution (laughs) I know I've had moments with many gens where I'm like you should just be with your own type like (laughs) because I see how different we are sometimes and it's like oh you know because it's it can be so hard I think as a projector when you can see the energy like we are here as projectors to direct the flow of energy so sometimes I can see the way that a generator is using their energy incorrectly Mm. and we're here to guide that but we have to be invited to do that so if we're not that can be super frustrating and lead to of course bitterness as a projector because there has to be that understanding of each other's differences the generator has to understand that that it's not gonna live their life like the other and the other not like that yeah when there can be an acceptance of like we are not the same things can really flow beautifully but if we're trying to make the other different or try to be the same it's it doesn't work and I've noticed that when I like I've, <laughs> I joke about this quite a lot like it actually has not been the case recently I haven't attracted any projectors in the last like six months of being very much so celibate but dating um but for years I was only attracting projectors I had a long I remember <laughs> I had a long-term relationship with a projector I had like a two-month rendezvous romance with the projector my next relationship was with the projector and I think that there was part of me as a generator who was still really enjoying a sense of like being seen and guided by the projector and then as I stepped more into my authority I found I wasn't really attracting uh, projectors anymore because it was almost kind of like I didn't want their guidance anymore I was like okay I got me now I'm gonna do me and like what do I want now I'm attracting a lot of actually um manifesting generators which is interesting feels totally different but I would love to explore a question between the two of us and hear from you on this and then continue into some other juicy topics um because I'm a generator you're a projector what do you notice that as the female projector you are has been yeah and I think it's, it's it'll be fun to talk about challenges what has been one of your biggest challenges dating as a female projector not even specifically with other types, just like, what do you feel is kind of a challenge of dating as a projector? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that generators often, I have found, think that a projector being who they are is something is wrong with them. I've had a lot of generators kind of try to find like the magic fix for me in being like them. They're like, if you just do this and we find the right formula, you can live like me. You can keep up with me. You can do the things that I can do. You can be by my side. And I have to keep coming back to them and saying, I can't be next to you all the time. I need those breaks. I need to rest. I need these things. And so I've had to like advocate for myself a lot. Um, So that's really different. I, I think anyone would feel that though, either a man or a woman. Um, but maybe more so women because we just have to to express that to men. Maybe men want us to keep up more than a female generator would want. Mm. Um, and then I would also say when you date projector men, that is a really interesting dynamic because they're often very confused about their role. You know, I've met a lot, my, my greatest passion in life is helping projector men understand themselves. Like, I can't tell you what lights me up more because when projector men understand that energy is not necessarily an invitation, their whole world changes, you know, and I've had to kind of observe 
men like at parties and watch a generator woman come up to them, talk to them, just express themselves, right? Generator women are just gonna be in their energy. And then the generator woman leaves and the guy's like, oh wow, she really wants me. And I'm like, no, <laughs> actually, let's go back to that. That was just her being in her energy. That was not an invitation. And I find projector men get so confused because they're like, I thought she was into me. What's going on? What's going on? That was not an invitation. So to really understand energy is one thing. An invitation is another. That is like life changing. If you just understood that alone, it's going to help it's just going to improve your life completely. And I think it's men who get more confused on that for some reason than women. That is so fascinating, Valia. Like, that's honestly true. I'm like, as a generator woman, I can mm -hmm. so identify and, and like relate with that. And I even think like my last relationship that kind of happened, I think I was actually just in my essence and I was like, kind of this. And then I think it was taken as like an invitation, but then I got kind of confused. I'm like, oh, well, is it? And like, kind <laughs> of just like, because I was looking for the guidance. So I think it's really fascinating. Um, I hadn't thought of it that way before. That energy is not always an invitation. And then I can imagine too, that helps men feel more like sovereign and kind of empowered in their masculinity of like, hey, nah, I'm not going to be just like swayed around and blown by any passing buzz of energy. I'm going to like hold and and actually wait for a genuine invitation where I'm recognized and seen. Exactly, because in projectors, how much energy are they wasting being confused, trying to dissect what's an invitation and what's not? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it shouldn't be confusing. It should be very straightforward. And while you are waiting, you are cultivating yourself. You're not sitting here going, is that that? Is that that? No, you are homing yourself, honing your craft, doing what's right for you, following your strategy and authority. And then when the right invitation comes, you just know. And it's obvious. Yeah. Love that. It's like, I, I know that there's been people that come into my life. That is the one thing I'm there to teach them. And as soon as they do, it's like they get it. And I'm just like, okay, now you can go on your journey. And like, tell me how it goes. <laughs> it's really exciting. It's like we're bringing back the like the the sex magic temples of priestesses, but we're just teaching these relational tools. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of compassion for projector men. Uh, it must be hard, you know, to have to wait for an invitation, but in society being expected to initiate. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I noticed for myself that one of the biggest challenges I have experienced, and I think this kind of plays directly into what you're saying, as a generator. Uh, sometimes I'll ask myself the question while dating and again this is a question I'd love to ask you maybe ask oh maybe next actually we'll see but it's around trust um, because I know I carry this like sacral which can be quite buzzy and bright and warm and nourishing and I have to genuinely ask myself like is this person just like getting around me because they like that sacral <laughs> or because they actually want me for me and they see me for me, not just like the energy I'm putting off, which is of course a part of me, but like beyond getting a hit of energy or kind of falling in love with that, like how it makes them feel being with me, actually seeing me for who I am. I think is like a challenge as a generator I've experienced, which has been a great challenge because it's allowed me to be more discerning, like take time and get to know people. Um, but that's definitely something I notice. That's such a huge one, and it's an important question to ask ourselves constantly. 
because the more we really step into embodying our design and our experiment, the more magnetic we become and the more people are gonna be drawn to us. So for you, your sacral just gets more and more powerful and more and more juicy, the more you're following your inner authority. So of course, people are gonna be drawn to it like you're that life force energy, you're the freaking sun that they're like needing to sustain their life, you know? So you have to ask yourself, am I being truly recognized? And I think that's where strategy and authority comes back. Your sacral leads you, your sacral tells you. And then for projectors, we have to ask, am I being seen and recognized for who I really am or what I can do? The way that I penetrate you, the way that I bring you success, you know, that can be something that people want so badly, they'll hold on to you. And then the projector needs the energy, so they'll stay. And it's so sad because I see it all the time. And it's like, you know, the projector just wants that life force energy so bad, they'll stay, even if they're not being recognized. Mm, that's that's really deep and I feel like some emotion around that around how like these kind of un unserving bonds can be formed on both sides um and I feel personally I'd love to ask like explore a topic with you the topic of celibacy because sometimes I feel like taking a step back from sexual intimacy can really refine clarity. Like one of my mentors, um, Michaela Boehm, she's like, <laughs> it's gonna be pretty explicit here, but she calls it dick fog. She's like, <laughs> lady, do not get confused by dick fog. Like, is this person actually aligned? Like, do you actually potentially see that there could be something with them? Like, um, and I have noticed, um, I think the ta- like celibacy has taught me so much personally, like taking space, totally like taking sexual exchange or sexual intimacy out of the question and then noticing what remains and I'm curious if you've ever explored celibacy and like your thoughts on this I love this question this is something I really try to teach projectors but they have the hardest time understanding letting go of sexual energy but celibacy is so powerful to bring your energy back to know what your sexual energy is without the influence of other is one of the most powerful things in the world. And especially for a projector because we are so conditioned around the sacral, especially if you have an undefined emotional center, we're just so conditioned by that juice. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in celibacy this year and I'm celibate right now and I love it. I mean, it's like, I tell my girlfriends, like I'm married to God right now. <laughs> it's more like I'm married to my strategy and authority and I'm listening to my body and coming back home to myself. But I do find that people have a really hard time letting it go. Like I will tell projectors that and say, have you tried taking a break from sex? And they'll literally say to me, I can't do that. And I'm like, oh, well, if you can't do that, that might be an indication that there's some conditioning going on. But I think it's really scary because if we let go of that energy of someone else, we may not know who we are. Mm. It could literally change our entire identity. And that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. I can't even imagine being like a physical being. But it does make me curious. Like, what do you find as a projector and, and being someone who's worked with a lot of projectors and guided a lot of projectors, what do you find nourishes that sacral most if it's not sex or hooking into the sacrals of other people? Like, what do you find nourishes your sacral in its undefined state? Yeah. Intimacy but non-sexual intimacy, Mm -hmm. connecting with someone really deeply. I love that. It's so nourishing. And 
you know, I'm a fourth line. I'm a four six profile. I'm here to be friends first. So it's kind of like you say with dick fog, if you're friends first and you take sex out of the equation in the beginning, you're not going to get dick fog. Then you really get to know someone, you lay a solid foundation, and then through that foundation and trust, then you can bring in intimacy. But I will say for any fourth line out there, it's really powerful if you do that. And anytime I've ever brought in intimacy without a strong foundation first of friendship, it, it didn't last. It, it had no foundation. Yeah. 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 Because the fourth line is the heart, right? So there can be immense connection through the heart when there's time for the heart to open and penetrate with the heart, right? Um, but also, I, you know, with the fourth line, can be immense closing down and coldness when the heart is not honored and given the foundations it needs. Yep. Yeah, and I always try to take a really long time because um, we just don't always see clearly in the beginning and people are just really fucked up around sex. Yeah. There's really fucked up around, we don't, people don't know how to relate, you know, so if you can take it slow, it's a lot easier to relate to someone as a friend, you know, without the sex, without that, there's something that happens when we are sleeping with someone, people, like, it's like they start lying, yeah. you know, they start, they just, it's like, it can become a performance, it can become all these things, so to take that out of the equation in the beginning as you're laying the foundation, it's so powerful. Yes. Yeah, I love this because I know you and I are on the same page in terms of this. It's like evolutionary relating. It's like, I'm not trying to get anything from you. I'm not trying to make you be anything for me. I'm not trying to consciously or unconsciously manipulate you into a situation with me. Let me see who you actually are. Let's get to know each other. Do our souls actually vibe? You know? <laughs> yes. And is your inner authority online for me? Because mm. I do not want to be with anyone whose authority is not a full yes for me and vice versa. Oh yeah. And that's self-love, right? Like that's self-respect. It's like, yes. if you're not a true embodied authentic yes to me, I'm, I'm so not open to that. <laughs> exactly. So if I'm ever seeing a generator, I'm asking them sacral questions constantly, not necessarily about me, but just everything. Are you online for this? Do you want to do this? Oh, you'd be so, so fun to date. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> I'm imagining myself as a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always asking that sacral if you got a wave. I'm like checking in with your wave. How's your wave doing? So yeah. important. Like that to me is a love language. Honoring yeah. someone's inner authority, that's a love language. Yeah. And that's what's so beautiful about these tools like astrology and human design is they really like it's it's beautiful because it's I feel like this is a I feel like we both carry this. We both got some strong G energy and Leo energy. It's like, yes, I'm totally here for like soulful individuation and sovereignty, but just as much I'm here for interdependent, deep intimacy. And I think we're taught that they're mutually exclusive. You know, I've had like a partner tell my partners actually tell me this in the past, like, you're so sovereign, you're so individual. It's like, actually, my sovereignty and individuality is allowing me to want to show up in, in true intimacy authentically because I want to meet you as who I am and see you but that's like a high level of evolutionary awareness that definitely um, exceeds a lot of codependency we're taught and I feel like these tools and what we're going to continue to explore in this podcast and what anyone listening can work with Valia on in the future too is like knowing our designs is exactly that it's a love language it's a way to relate deeper and more meaningfully and more um successfully even absolutely that's love and I really love that you made that uh point about intimacy 
that like non-penetrative sex, taking sex off the table and intimacy. And I want to preface this next question with that because we here, you know, we're in 2021, we're evolving fast. Sex is not just, you know, <laughs> penetrative oh, like things going inside the body. Sex can be energy exchange, it can be intimacy. So with this next question I ask, I want to ask you, Valia, let's, let's just keep that in mind for the listeners. Like listeners, this can be any kind of sex any exchange of sexual energy. Tell me about sex as a projector with the different types. We're going to get juicy. (laughs) So (laughs) you have had sex with a projector. Yes. I, I always use this stuff as an experiment. (laughs) I I recently dated a manifester and I was like, this is for the experiment. (laughs) I've never dated a manifester. I have to know what it's like. (laughs) The team to collect the data. Exactly. (laughs) As a projector, what is sex like with a fellow projector? So I would preface this by saying it's very different when someone is an embodied projector versus someone who is a highly conditioned projector. The energies are like night and day. When it's a highly conditioned projector, it's kind of strange in the beginning because they are looking to me to bring the energy. It kind of feels like an autopilot thing. Like a couple years ago, I was seeing this guy and, you know, spleen projector, and he was just going so fast. And when he would like, when we first kind of started to connect, I could tell he was looking for me to bring the energy and he was trying to direct it. And it was like, I had to really slow down with him, like slow. There's no sacral here to amplify. (laughs) This is my energy. This is what your energy feels like. And it was kind of like, whoa, like it, it totally blew his mind. And then he was like, I've never had sex like this before. It's like, yeah, welcome home to yourself, dude. <laughs> like, this is what it should feel like, you know? So um, I really enjoy relating with a projector like that. I find that it doesn't exhaust me at all. We both kind of know how to move the energy and it just flows so naturally. Um, bonus if they have a you know, a wave, the emotions, because that's really juicy. Uh, bonus if there's like, you know, electromagnetics, things like that. Um, just so you know, just adding a little anecdote there, when Valia is talking about um, electromagnetics, which is something you can reach out to either of us about in the future, you can actually do composite charts with human design, put two charts together and see what the dynamic is like of the two people. And you may create different channels together. Some are companion ones, some are dominant ones, some are compromise ones, some are electromagnetics, which is like chemistry, yeah? Yes. Okay, so just adding that in. Definitely. (laughs) So I actually really enjoy that. I mean, even connecting with someone as open as a reflector can still feel really nice and almost nice in a way where there's no pressure and it just feels so easy, like, ah, that's my energy and this is yours and just feels so nourishing and like tender so I really like that um with the generator it's totally different (laughs) it's like big sacral juice like big sexual energy and then if they're emotionally defined I mean good god it's almost like you don't even stand a chance as a projector you know (laughs) like how can I not feel so turned on by that energy um and then to direct it and to be able to just flow with that energy is so yummy so juicy say potentially with mm-hmm. it sounds like it could be across the board it could interchange but with projector and generator 
sex it's kind of like the dom and the sub thing like do you feel like you naturally go in the position of being the dom where you have to guide the energy almost yeah I've definitely had that before and we've definitely had to have conscious conversations that like this is actually what I like this is what you like but it really I more feel it as they bring the energy and then I ride it and then as I'm directing it I'm not even necessarily saying this is what we're doing but it just flows so naturally that they feel it amplified so the question is often who who brings that first you know, it's like, are you turned on by me? And then I absorb and amplify your sexual juice or, you know, which came first, the chicken and the egg kind of thing. I think it's really important to be clear on how you feel about someone else because I can absorb and amplify sacral energy just naturally. So when I'm in the presence of a generator, I'm just more turned on. Is it even personal? You know, so you have to be really, really careful as a projector to not get sucked into dynamics that you don't even want to be in because i can just absorb and amplify sexual juice all day long but i need to be online for it because if i'm not online for it it's exhausting yeah and that could be because i have a lot of openness but as a projector if i'm absorbing and amplifying sacral energy that's unhealthy it's going to drain me so if it is healthy it will it will give me life yes so when you say because I, I love this um when you say, if I'm online for it, for you, does that mean that you're operating in accordance with your authority? Yes. Yes. And my inner authority is my G. So if my G is online for it, it's going to feel nourishing. I'm going to feel like I have the energy for it and I'm excited and my body is a full yes. If my G is not online for it, I get like a push. I get like a, ooh, I don't know if I want to do that. And it just, it just doesn't flow. I can still absorb the sacral energy, but it's not going to flow as organic. Right, so it's kind of like those babushka dolls, you know, those Russian dolls, and it's like mm -hmm. in the center of the doll is like the authority, is your onlineness or offlineness. For you, it's the, the self authority, the G center, and you got to listen for that deeper one and almost like wade through the temptation, like bite your lip mm -hmm. with that juicy seiko that's like, oh, I see you in that short little skirt with that red lip and that cigarette hanging out of your mouth. But like, okay, let me go deeper. Let me really feel. So do you have like a tip for projectors? Like if it's really challenging, I'm sure you've already done this with so many people. Like how do you guide them to listen to that deeper feeling and notice what they're online for or not? I have them take breaks. Mm -hmm. Spend a week apart from them. Do not sleep in the same bed as them often. That is huge because if you're sharing a bed with them every single night, you don't know. There's no way that you can know because you're absorbed in their energy and you don't have enough time to discharge it. You've got to come home to yourself. You've got to have that space. I mean, I think living apart is amazing. Like it's, it's really hard if you're co-creating, like existing in the same home as someone, but have your own sacred space where you keep coming home to yourself, back to your energy. And I have kind of like little tricks that I do to come back to my energy. Um, I can feel when someone else's energy is in my field. It's a certain flavor. This happened to me about two and a half years into my deconditioning experience. I can really feel this flavor of energy around me that it's someone else's stuff. And then I can do little tricks. Like I listen to music or smell a certain thing, you know, something about the senses that brings me back to myself. And then from there, go into that expression. Mm. Really asking myself, is this right for me? You know, the last Manny Jen that I dated, 
I needed to take a lot of time for myself. I spent a lot of time apart from him because I, I was, he had so many subjects to find. <laughs> so it was so much pressure and it felt so good to be in that energy. Oh my God. It was like my whole body was just buzzing when I was around him but I had to keep asking, do I like him or do I like his energy? Mm. And honestly, I liked his energy more than I liked him. <laughs> like, it was kind of hard to express that to him. Like, I really care about you as a person and I see who you are and you're a beautiful man, but I just like your spleen, dude, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> truth hurts. Truth hurts, but I'd rather have truth, you know? Would, Absolutely. Would rather be beaten with the truth or, you know? 100%, and that's been like the biggest, um, Really, I think, you know, we, I know for myself as well, I have that six line, I'm a six two, and for my first 28 years or so, it's about making peace with the fact that that's going to be highly experimental, and I know for myself, I learn a lot through trial and error, and that's honestly been a takeaway for me this last, like, six months, is one of my greatest values is honesty. It's like, honesty, honesty, honesty over anything else, and even the guys that, like, I'm kind of, I've been talking to or relating with or getting to know more, investing time and energy into I like, I keep saying like, I want your truth more than anything else. Like, I don't care how hard you think it's going to land on me. Like I got me, like, I want to hear what's true for you because for me, that is the quickest way to intimacy. And honestly, it's just not wasting each other's time. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, these conversations can be hard and seem, you know, but then, then again, why, why hard? I think that's still when we're operating from this kind of codependent and meshed, mentality of like gotta save each other it's like we're not here to save each other we're here to grow together um so yeah do I want to grow with you as a person or do I just want to grow with your spleen <laughs> exactly or do I want the juice that you bring you know I mean that is a huge question and I will say you only ask that question if you're ready for it yeah because you may not necessarily like the outcome so you have to be very dedicated to truth you know, I've had certain friends, they will hear my guidance until a certain point, And then they'll say that they just know if they keep going, they're probably going to realize that their relationship's not for them. So if you're in your human design experiment, you're kind of either fully in it or you're not, you know, because it, truth is a huge part of that. And as Ross says, you know, human design is just here to help us love ourselves. Like that's my biggest thing is love yourself know yourself and then from that place relating is so much easier because you're not relating from a place of trauma bonding you're not relating from a place of i need you so i have to do this you're relating from a place of as you say sovereignty and you're in home with yourself and then are we going to nourish each other in an intimate way that just feels good not because i need you and you need me and i have this over you whatever not, none of that just clarity yeah totally yeah I love that. And that's where I think not needing is actually the greatest gift we can give each other. Because I think it can land a little sorely on people's ears sometimes because people want to feel like they're playing a role in your life and we need you and all these, you know, things we've been prescribed. But it's, it's actually the greatest gift. It's like, oh, how much more free can this all be if you don't need me, but you deeply want me and you choose yes. me? Like, I don't know, maybe that's just me, but I find that way more arousing. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why it feels so good when someone's authority is online for you. And it's a yes, because you can't fake that. Mm -hmm. I cannot, my body will not let me fake anything. My G will literally, if you go to touch me and you're a no for me, my G will push me away from you. It will like push my whole body and I can't. 
So you will know if you're a yes for me or a no for me, and it will be that obvious. Yeah. I am like so riveted by you talking about this. And I want to like, just open up for you to share more about this. Like your G authority, your self authority, G center authority, navigating intimacy, dating, relating. I love that you're saying it's so physical. Cause when I think of the G center, I do think it's a center that's very related to like our physical expression in the world. Mm. So it's so cool to hear it in that lens as well. And for anyone else maybe listening who doesn't have G-Center authority, but you have a defined G-Center, look it up. Your body may also communicate to people if you're into them or not. Because as you're saying this, I'm feeling like slight, like cringe, but also a lot of self-acceptance because I can realize like people I've been dating or talking to, like my body will actually just like gravitate away from people, Valia. And I never thought of it that way. But like, I'll just like, I'll, I'll, I won't make eye contact. I'll gravitate away. I just won't be into it. I'll like start disassociating and realizing that's not a trauma response. It's actually my body saying no. So like, do you have more on that? Like, what's your experience being such a G-centered woman with using that, not using, but listening yeah. to that authority and navigating? Yeah. Your- the thing, when it is your authority, you have so much openness. So there's a lot of deconditioning that you have to clear out first. So if you're filled with other people's sacral energy, you're filled with their emotional energy, you are connected to them on a safety way, you need the spleen, you won't even hear your G. The G will be so soft, it's almost like, what was that? Say that again, yeah, you know? But when you don't have that chatter underneath and these things ruling your life, the G is loud, loud. Like it will push me away from people and it's it really is like a magnet that's strapped to your chest and it will pull me towards someone and I will feel so gravitated toward them. Like one time I had a friend invite me to a party and I didn't want to go because I was tired. I'm a projector. I'm like, I don't want to (laughs) go. Then he said to me, my friend, his name is going to be there. And as soon as I saw his name and read it, my whole G went, whoop, yep. And all of a sudden I had all this energy and I was like, I'm going. And I just got my stuff together and I was like out the door. You know, my G was online for it. And I didn't even know this person. I, my G just knew. And then of course I met him and it was like this beautiful epic experience that I needed to have, you know? So you really have to listen to that. And if I would have gone into, oh, is that my G? If you go into the mind, the mind doesn't know shit. We don't want to listen to the mind. It's all in the body, but you have to trust. If you are a G projector, you have to trust what you feel. And for me, it's it's deep trust in spirit. I trust so deeply that this connection that I have to my G is serving something greater. I trust that completely and I go with it. Yeah. Mm, this is really landing. There's a question I'm feeling inspired to ask you around this because it's maybe not the most comfortable question to navigate, but I know it's something that I have personally felt like has been a valid part of my experience and I think it might bring some peace to any listeners like I've had this thought and I'm curious on your thoughts on this Valia that wow maybe I was drawn into certain relating dynamics or relationships or intimacy exchanges that weren't necessarily great for me long term but it's like I had to do them anyway because they taught me something valuable what do you think about that because I know we live in a culture at least societally growing up we see a lot about find your person that you spend forever with but like do you think there's value in experimenting and maybe that your body is authentically guiding you and making you online for something that perhaps isn't gonna necessarily be forever or even maybe that much of a great experience in hindsight but that it still teaches us something like what are your views on that absolutely 
And I'm really seeing just lately how alchemizing heartbreak can be. Like when you really understand alchemy, you know, you and I both have Scorpio placements, so we're kind of scorpionic women where it's like I can rise from the ashes and I know how to do that, you know? So I totally agree with that. I've had dynamics before where my G guided me into it and I felt so online for it and it felt like such a yes. And then there was pain. And I was like, oh shit, that fucking hurt. And also I learned so much from it and there was deep medicine there for me. And I trust that completely. I would say every relationship I've been correctly guided into, even if the medicine hurt, it was what I needed in order to fully evolve into, you know, for me, everything's G. So it was the next direction. <laughs> what is the next direction? This trajectory, everything's about trajectory. And I would say every single one took me in a, in a different trajectory that I needed to go. It gave me some healing, some medicine, even if it really hurt. Um, and I also think that depends on how much healing you yeah, I've, I've had a lot of healing. I've got a lot of openness. I've had a lot of conditioning. So there's had to have been a lot of experiences that kind of like broke my heart open a little bit. Yeah, and I hear you. Thank you for sharing that. And I feel like um, the relationship we have to our own depths and pain, I think we can directly see it in the relationship to which we can have intimacy and depth in the bedroom. You know, I think that experiencing pain and navigating our way through through it makes us better lovers. Yes. Like the best lovers I've had have been people who have immense depth. We have known pain. Because I think when we know pain, we also know how to deeply love and meet pain. And sex and intimacy, yeah, it's beautiful and it can be blissful and romantic, but also it can be really vulnerable and stuff can come up and emotions can come up. And I think our ability to be able to navigate with pain can make us better lovers. Absolutely. Yeah, the whole, you can only meet someone else to the depth of which you've met yourself, mm. you know, and that really translates sexually, you know, how deeply can you feel and how deeply are you comfortable with things like grief? I mean, grief has been a huge portal for me, really my whole life, but um, I'm really not afraid of the depths of those emotions. And that can be really challenging for someone undefined emotionally. Yeah. It can feel really scary, but when you do go in there, you realize how much it clears. Like grief is something that goes in there and I just feel like it clears everything around it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, a sweeping effect. Um, well, then that kind of like leads into the exploration and the inquiry of with this, like the fear, deep feeling, but also trusting our inner authority. This is something I'm always asking myself and refining and navigating, but like, okay, so is this potentially a fear of intimacy? Or is this my intuitive knowing saying, uh-uh, that's not correct? Because that's something I've caught myself a few times when, like, someone's been really, like, you know, recently I have been talking to people. Again, I, I'm also celibate right now, but, like, exploring and getting to know people. And there have been, like, sometimes inquiries that came my way, and it was just a no for me. But then I had to, like, check myself and be like, am I afraid of intimacy? Like, I keep saying no. And you were telling me about this, too, so it's a great conversation, like, to explore in real time here. Am I afraid of intimacy? Or actually, is, just, is it just a no? Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I think that is such a hot topic, and I feel like everyone can relate to that. And what I really have noticed is that I cannot outsource my truth. So mm -hmm. if I'm not clear, it's kind of like I got to fuck around and find out. Even if I think, oh, maybe this is a fear of intimacy. Um, I have these kind of red flags, but I'm not sure. And then turns out, 
I go into it and I was right all along, but how am I going to learn that unless I really go through it? You know, it's kind of like when you're learning how to walk, you, it's not a theory, you have to actually have the experience of it. And then once we do, then I feel like that intuitive knowing gets stronger. And then when it comes next time, you're like, oh, I've felt this before. It's such an edge. It's almost like it's the same coin of like, you know, there's fear of intimacy here, but I also feel like I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> I feel this and I feel this, but sometimes we kind of have to go through the experience to really know what that is as we are strengthening that muscle of the intuition. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. So it's like, I have a friend and he's been saying this recently, both and it's not this or that. Like it's either you're afraid of intimacy or it's not right for you. It's like both and sometimes there might be fear, but that fear might be really valid because it's not actually totally aligned, but you have to lean in so that you can learn a lesson and grow. It's like, how can we see it all as stuff that's helping us grow? And also on the flip side of that too, I would say, um, trusting that if you honor that it's a no, something else will come along, you know, to give you either similar or a new evolved challenge and that's something I've been leaning to like Kelly it's okay to say no it's okay to say no like trust your gut say no more opportunities will come <laughs> yeah and I will find that that's something only we can know ourselves you know my my close friends call me kind of like their oracle they're like I need to consult the oracle what do I do with this guy and I can't really discern that for them I can reflect back truth and what I see on a psychic level but they have to really know their own hearts themselves and trust that what their heart is telling them or their sacral is telling them, that's going to take them somewhere. Because if you outsource your truth every time, you never actually figure it out and you're always seeking that answer outside yourself. Mm-hmm. So it has to come from within. And it could take us many lessons. We can have that same lesson five times. And until the fifth time, we may not fully get it, but eventually beautifully said and I love that you keep bringing it back to you know the self and the relationship with the self and I think that that is something that is hugely understated and not talked about in intimacy and sex and dating it's like how to get the other and win the other and polarity so you can be something for the other it's like well actually what's going on inside your own heart yes I think that is the edge and the evolutionary edge we're all leading on and and moving forward with and you express it so beautifully thank you And what's so cool is like, that's where the power is. My view is to see the power. So I see the power in things. And when we come back to ourselves, that's where the power is. That's what makes us the most magnetic. That's more powerful than any mind game you can ever try to rope someone into. You know, coming back to yourself, being that radiant self as the generator, being that big juicy sacral as the projector, being that magnetic force that people keep wanting to invite you to. And the more we do that, that's just where the power is. Yes, it's inspiring me to just keep being my juicy self. (laughs) Bavaya, I am aware that we could honestly go on for hours. And it's so funny. I like had just had to check the time on ours. I was like, wow, I could we're probably only 10 minutes in, but we're already almost (laughs) 10 minutes in. And I like to I'd like to leave our listeners a little keen and leave them here so that they can continue to explore down the path with you if they wish to or maybe tune into another episode with us in the future I feel like we could continue this constellation um, but would you like to share with our listeners after all the beautiful wisdom you've shared today if they want to find more about you are you currently offering any 
sessions or creations? Like, tell us a little bit about what you're up to and where we can find you. Yeah, I do do one-on-one -on -one sessions. Um, you can really just find that on my Instagram, valia.ambrocha. So I love one-on-one. -on -one. I feel like as a projector, that's like my favorite. Um, I do teach here locally. Um, I'll do workshops every now and then on Maui, but I really love the the one-on-one. -on -one. Beautiful. Yeah, Valia is really incredible at what she does, and uh, definitely recommend you lean into her way and get some of her oracle wisdoms. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and thank you thank for you. being here with me today and constellating and exploring this topic in conversation. There was no one else I'd rather journey into this with, into all of this with than you because we've had so many wonderful conversations about this and I'm glad that we finally got to come together. Me too. Yeah, so, so beautiful connecting with you. I love it. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, all my constellators, thanks for tuning into this episode. Be sure to check out Valia and let us know in the show notes below in the comments what you thought about it, what your type is, if you want to ex expand on your own experiences with dating and sex between different human design types and what you've noticed in intimacy. And it's been beautiful to have you all on here. We'll catch you on the next one. Mm -hmm.